0: All right, so I've got a treat for you guys. Today we've got Alexander Vjoklicic, and I hope I said that again right, and he actually gives guided tours in the Baltic states of Europe. So listen, check it out. This is awesome. Okay, thank you for joining all over Overland Podcast. My name is Michael, and I am here with uh, Alexander Velkovic. Did, did I say that even close? Velkovic. Okay. Velkovic. Velkovic. Yeah. Okay, very good. And uh, and we kind of met through Facebook. Um, actually, just what yesterday
1: or maybe earlier
0: today yeah maybe earlier today yeah it kind of runs together and uh and i was really interested because you actually um run a guide service and we'll talk about that here in just a second but i want to introduce you and have you have a chance to kind of well i've introduced you but have a chance for you to kind of tell us um who you are where your home base is and how you got started in off-roading so if you'll Quickly, just tell us like who you are and and where you're from.
1: Okay, so uh, I'm an ex journalist. Uh, I quit my journalist job in uh, 2014 to travel the world and guide people around. Uh, I was born in Serbia 53 years ago. Lived in uh, Germany at my grandmother's place with my father in California for a while while I was a kid and then later came back to Europe and uh, mostly I stay in the countries of the Balkans. They're very dynamic, very interesting and uh, I just love exploring them.
0: Well, very cool. Now, how long have you been into um, the overlanding or even just the off-road kind of lifestyle?
1: Uh, Well, I've been into the uh, outdoors lifestyle, uh, I think, ever since I was a kid. It was uh, kind of hiking when I was younger, then mountain biking, and then later, when I became uh, heavier and in a little (laughs)
0: less physical shape for a lot of mountain
1: biking, I started uh, driving an off-road vehicle around that was uh, let's say something like uh, almost 20 years ago
0: man i resemble that <laughs> completely yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, so you've been you've been in the off-roading world about 20 years ago now you've been involved from what i saw on your facebook page you've been involved in a bunch of different companies or organizations so you've you've kind of been doing this for a while how long ago did you retire from being a uh um a journalist and and start kind of doing this off-road stuff as a career
1: yeah well that happened in 2014 uh before that i was uh kind of offering my guiding services to various companies as kind of a part-time job and uh, at some moment uh, i uh, founded uh, jeep club serbia Uh, It grew over a number of years, but simply I got kind of uh, fed up with that. Uh, The uh, environment in the club at some point wasn't really the thing that uh, satisfied me, so I uh, left Dream Club Serbia, and in
0: 2014 I left my journalist job, and that's when I decided to... uh, company that would offer the guiding services and I myself uh, started traveling all over the place. Very good. So so you've been doing you've been doing it kind of really kind of full time, you said in since 2014. And where where are some of the places that you take people? Just kinda you don't have to give us that exact trail, but like what areas are, are some of the places that you go to Yeah that... well I'm I'm generally
1: the Balkans countries that's in the uh, southeast of Europe I guess people from the US uh, don't know very well the geography of Europe uh, so it's uh, a very nice mountainous areas with uh, lots of uh, nice forests lakes, mountain rivers all the kind of stuff that is uh, similar to what you have in the west or maybe
0: let's say in the Northwest of the U.S. Okay, uh, only the
1: mountains are slightly lower, but uh, I think there are places which are really breathtakingly beautiful. So the countries are uh, Serbia, Montenegro, Albania, North Macedonia, Greece, Bulgaria,
0: Romania. That's that's your area. area. Okay, yeah. okay, and uh, and so when 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 you started doing this, um. You know, like, how long, well, I guess really, how long are the trips that you take people on when you do the guides? How many days? Uh, yeah, well, uh, the,
1: uh, average tour is about 10 days. Okay. Uh,
0: I started first
1: with some, uh, one week tours, but, uh, when people, uh, travel from Western Europe to the Balkans, they simply want to see more, to spend some more time there, so, an average of 10 days uh, turned out to be the optimal time frame.
0: Okay. And then when people sign up to do this, do they bring their own vehicle? Are there vehicles they can rent? How does how does that work? Coming from the United States, yeah. like if I was to come and do this, would I need to ship a vehicle over? Or are there vehicles there that I can rent? Well, there Limited possibilities for vehicle rental, but uh, not many companies in Serbia actually offer that. Okay, uh,
1: I have cooperation with a company that has some uh, Land Rover defenders, uh, and they uh, agreed to equip them with uh, camping gear, something like uh, rooftop tents, uh, uh, fridges, uh, cooking gear, uh, table shares, everything. And uh, that's actually only one company, because uh, if you rent a vehicle from a normal rental company, you will get it with uh, uh, street tires,
0: Yeah. without winches, without uh, any kind of equipment.
1: And if you scratch it even one little bit, it will be a disaster. So yeah. you really need to rent it from a specialized company, which understands what it will actually do. Okay. Uh, so... Uh, You know, the rental part is a bit complicated, but it can be done. Uh, Most of the people come from Germany, some maybe 80% of them, because in Europe uh, that's the biggest uh, market for this kind of uh, activity. Uh, others come from uh, other West, Western European countries like uh, Belgium, Netherlands, Austria, Switzerland. I've even had uh, people from the UK, although it's a little bit further to drive from the UK to the Balkans,
0: but it's still manageable. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I mean, like, being in the United States, the United States is so big, you know, I think of it as yeah. if somebody was going to go from the East Coast to, to go tour the Rocky Mountains. Obviously, you've got a long drive ahead of you. Um, to get there and then to do a 10 day tour so kind of the same kind of thing you've got people somewhat locally at least in that continent that, that drive to you and, and, uh, and use their vehicle most of the time for the guided tours you take them on correct?
1: Yeah well Distance between, for example, Germany and Serbia is about uh, 1,500,
0: 600 kilometers. That's about 1,000 miles. So okay. that's still not too much. Yeah, yeah, that's not too bad. At least I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, let me ask, um, since since we're, we're car guys, we're off-road guys, what vehicle um, are you currently driving when you take people out? Uh, yeah, well, I
1: uh, use... A uh, Grand Cherokee WJ uh, which turned out to be the vehicle which uh, offers the most for uh, the least money. I mean as a used vehicle mm-hmm. uh, it may be not as robust as some others but uh, parts are not expensive and uh, it's fairly uh, simple to maintain so it's uh very good vehicle from my opinion uh for this kind of activity
0: okay now and that's interesting because being here in the united states that's obviously a vehicle that we're very familiar here and and even here it's it's a relatively inexpensive platform to get into and there's a lot of aftermarket parts available for it and it's a very underrated overland vehicle here in the united states even so what's curious to me is that now do they have do they have dealerships there um, that you can get that from, or was that an imported vehicle that you bought used? Well, uh,
1: my uh, uh, vehicle was imported from uh, from the United Kingdom sometime around 2008. I was not uh, the guy who imported it, I bought it uh, as a uh, third-hand or something like that, and then it was converted to from right-hand drive to left-hand drive. So, it's some kind of a Frankenstein, but uh, it worked very well. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, we do
0: have uh, Jeep dealerships here, and they sell pretty well. Okay. So uh, it's not a problem to get uh,
1: original parts from the dealers, but, of course, the original parts are more expensive than uh, some aftermarket parts. Yeah. Uh, we can also get aftermarket parts. Uh, sometimes in Europe. Sometimes it's even not too expensive to order them from the U.S. Depending on which part it is.
0: I tell you what, and that's where the internet has really connected the world. Um, you know, because you can pretty much get anything shipped anywhere throughout the world now. Um, yeah, exactly. But it's it's always interesting because you've probably heard a lot of. The Toyota guys will talk about, well, you know, this is a worldwide platform and that's why they want it. So it's, it's just nice to hear every once in a while that somebody um, in another country like yourself has a Jeep and they're able to use that and not worry about the parts because they're able to pretty much get whatever they need, um, even if it takes a couple of days. But, uh, you know, we just hear the Toyota people all the time talking about, you know, Get a Toyota because. Yeah, we have those
1: stories here too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Toyotas are also, <laughs> also very
0: popular here. Oh, yeah. And uh, even, even I thought about uh,
1: maybe getting some Toyota, but uh, I'm kind of afraid of that move. Uh, I mean, uh, many parts would probably last a bit longer uh, on a Toyota, but also uh, those parts are more expensive. So, yes. uh, uh, in terms of money, it's the same in the end.
0: Gotcha. Uh, And uh, I'm quite familiar with this vehicle. I can fix a lot my own, so uh, I'm pretty much relaxed with it. Okay. Now tell me a little bit about the vehicle. Um, Is it lifted? What size tires are you running? Do you have a rooftop tent? Or what kind of gear do you really rely on um, that you have with the vehicle?
1: My philosophy was to modify it uh, as little as possible to make it capable of doing this job so not to overreact in the modifications uh, so i lifted it uh, only some two inches and uh, that was enough to fit in uh, tires which are about uh, 32 inches in diameter With a two inch lift, uh, you simply cannot fit bigger tires. Yeah, 33 or 35 inch, you need much bigger lift. Uh, I fit in a winch, Uh, I also have a snorkel and a rooftop tent, and that is
0: about the basic uh, configuration of the car. Very good, very good. Yeah, I have a so I drive a Jeep Liberty, Um, I drive the KK, which is the newer. Edition of the Jeep Liberty, and uh, and so yeah, I mean, it doesn't need to be a crazy tall vehicle to be able to do what we enjoy. Um, you don't, you're not rock crawling, you're just going over, you know, kind of some rough terrain. But I will tell you that I've watched a few of the videos that you have, and I'm blown away with the landscape and the places that you go. Um, I just didn't know. You know, Be it maybe that I, that I live in the United States, I've been to Europe and, and I've traveled around, but I was surprised to see some of the terrain that you have that you're able to go through um, and have available to you. Cause, and I also didn't know there was enough available land um, in Europe. I, I thought main, mainly it was all bought up. Um, and uh, so you do you have, I guess what I'm trying to ask, do you have enough public land available or do you have to use private land and get permission to get on people's property
1: yeah that's uh, the biggest quality of the balkans uh, there is still relatively small amount of uh, private land and even where the uh, just a
0: moment, what happened now? no we're good we it just be- online? yeah we're still here land
1: uh, there is a different mentality people usually don't uh, uh, bar the land from uh, passers so uh, in most cases you can even
0: drive over private land at least uh, if you stay on the trails okay. And uh, as I said,
1: a lot of land is really uh, publicly owned and uh, there are not too many national parks or reservations or places where there would be restrictions. So uh, the Balkans is still a place where you can pretty much uh,
0: freely drive around uh, camp in the wilderness, wherever you like. Without, oh, wow. Uh, the fear that
1: somebody would chase your way, And... Uh, uh, you know, uh, I think one one of the reasons for that is that uh, the Balkans is uh, still quite sparsely populated part of Europe. I think it's uh, at least several times less populated than Western Europe. Uh, For example, in Serbia, we have about uh, 7 million inhabitants, while in Germany, you have about 80 million inhabitants. And uh, Serbia is cer- certainly not ten times smaller than Germany. It's uh-huh. about uh, maybe two and a half times smaller. So there is a lot of uh, real wilderness where you can drive for hours without uh, going through a settlement. You know, pure nature, and uh, that's what uh, many people, even in Western Europe, are not aware of uh, about uh, the Balkans.
0: Huh? Yeah, and I wasn't. I wasn't aware either. Um... Well that's interesting. So that it, it really you're making it sound like a place that that we all need to go explore. Um and actually having a guide makes that even better. So tell us about your company. Tell us how we can find you um to get in contact you, uh, contact with you to uh to book um and a a, a a guide with you. Well, uh Everything is
1: uh, on the Rustica Travel site, so it's r u s t i k a t r a v
0: e l dot com. Rustica. Rustica Travel. Yes. Okay. One word. So uh, the
1: all all of the tours are online. Uh, we have pretty much booked the 2020 season there are still several tours where we have free spaces and uh, the dates for 2021 are also online we just started booking for next year so uh, you'll get a lot of pictures videos uh, all of the material is there so i think you will find uh, quite much uh, data on where it all takes place and uh, what
0: you need. Okay, and when you book um, a trip, do you need to book it in a group, or can an individual book it, and then you know you'll have you know maybe other individuals that you're with on the trip as well?
1: Yeah, well, as we have the predefined dates for certain tours, uh, most of the people who book are individuals, so uh, the group is spontaneously gathered. Uh, We do tours with a minimum of uh, three vehicles and with a maximum of seven vehicles. Okay. uh, Except when we do them with some of our uh, partners, when we do it with uh, two guiding vehicles, then we accept a maximum of ten customers. Okay. I think that's the limit for reasonable groups, so people can enjoy everything and the tour flow can be... uh, nice without any uh, surprises and interruptions
0: no I totally agree with that on on the size of those groups um, you know we run into that here in the United States quite a bit we've got large jeep groups that will take 75 rigs out at one time and it's just too many you know you, you've taken a you've taken a, a an hour and a half trip and it makes it six hours and nobody has fun yeah uh,
1: many of the nice wild uh, camp spots are too small to accommodate uh, too many uh, cars with uh, rooftop tents or any kind of tents. So when you have a group which is too big, uh, you're restricted to some places where you have enough space for such
0: groups. Yeah, That's that's what
1: I also think about.
0: That's a good point. Okay. Um, So let's talk about some of your experiences. What's been um, one of your you know, just kind of one of your most re- memorable um, experiences that you either had either guiding somebody or just on your own, on your own trip. Um, may, it, may it be just a sunrise that was unbelievable or a certain place that you just are drawn to to go a lot to? Yeah, that's, that's a tough question. <laughs> there were
1: so many nice, interesting moments that it's it's hard to choose some I mean, there were situations that were uh, just impressive uh, from the uh, landscape point of view. There are situations that were kind of uh, risky. I mean, some car breakdowns, but there's, there was
0: always a solution. So uh, yeah. whew, from all the adventures
1: in recent years, uh, what is the thing that I would choose? Whew so it's, it's, it's definitely not easy but uh, I mean some high mountain passes in some rocky terrain or some sunrise, sunrises
0: and sunsets yeah. in incredible places for example I can uh, pick out
1: uh, one moment from last year's uh, Balkans Wild Tracks tour which uh, happens in Greece and Albania uh it was a very hot day uh we wanted to camp uh at a lake but it was so hot the 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 uh, sand was so hot that the group couldn't stand it
0: oh and yeah. the
1: guys all asked is it possible to camp somewhere where it's at least a little bit colder And I thought for a moment, since the uh, weather forecast was very, very stable, with no winds, without any risks, I said, well, uh, I think this is the perfect moment to go camp at the peak of the mountain. And uh, of course, the uh, guys liked the idea, and we went up to a mountain which was um, some 2,155 meters tall, that's... uh, times three in feet so it's somewhere between six and seven thousand feet yeah uh, and there was a fantastic view of that lake where we previously intended to camp so uh, it was a, an opportunity to get some uh, extraordinary uh, sunset pictures night shots uh, and to enjoy a place where you normally during most of the year simply could not camp. Gotcha. So that is one of the highlights of last season.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Well, and I think that what really resonated with me is that you're you're able to adapt to what the clients needs are. So you you don't have just a 100% rigid schedule like like in this situation it was hot in the lower levels and they wanted it a little cooler, so you're like fine, let's find somewhere cooler and you, you had a solution for them and you went up a little higher on the mountain. So um, yeah, that's, that's probably also has to do with the open land that you're able to use and be able to camp, you know, pretty much anywhere you can find a spot, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, what you just pointed out is, uh, I think one of the key differences between uh, how uh, we organize the tours and how most of the other tour organizers do it. I mean for some big companies big tour operating companies from Germany uh, it's mostly a very uh, strict schedule you
0: know they even schedule the uh, toilet breaks (laughs) Yeah, something like uh, so we are going to have a toilet break between
1: uh, (laughs) uh, 11.45 and 11.50 so hold your needs until that time but
0: uh, I simply try to adapt to the uh, mood of the group, to
1: the uh, interests of the group, and uh, it's uh, not rare that uh, I uh, change the, uh, the, 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 the uh, itinerary on the run if I feel that
0: it's something that this particular group would like more. Oh, that's perfect, and, uh, yeah.
1: Every time I run a specific tour, I try to do it a little differently because uh, there is no absolutely perfect itinerary. Every trail can be improved. So that kind of uh, 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 wanting to achieve perfection is uh, uh, a goal that, uh, you know, I think uh, guiding is a kind of art. And uh, I think... uh, I simply want the people to, to, to have the most enjoyable possible experience.
0: Yeah, because so, each group of, per, of people that you take are, are probably different in what their expectations yeah. and wants are. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I also find, and, and you might agree with this, is that I find, because I've taken a couple of, I've taken people, I guess I've done two guided tours myself um, in the Oklahoma, Arkansas area, And I find that your group really tends to bond once you have some kind of trouble or once you have some kind of thing that you as a group have to kind of figure to get through, whether it's an engine break or someone getting stuck. Once you go through something like that, your group changes.
1: Yeah, you're right. Uh, I also noticed that uh, in the beginning on day one, Uh, It's a group of strangers, but on the last day, it's a group of friends. And uh, that's something I particularly like like about this, because uh, small groups uh, have a tendency to form a stronger bond, and uh, I often uh, have... uh questions from my customers, uh, like uh, uh, they remember the people they uh, met on previous tours and they ask, for example, uh, is he going to a tour uh, next year? So I want to book the same tour like he does. You know, they simply, uh, I mean, that friendship that develops in my tours is something that I'm really, really fond of.
0: Yeah, that is that is and, and, and I'm sure in your position to be a part of bonding people together um, is probably something in the guide that you weren't expecting when you first got started, but it's probably one of the, one of the most satisfying things that you get out of it. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, so let me ask you another question. What, what is one of your favorite meals that you've had while you're out doing, doing your overlanding? Whew,
1: uh, well... Uh, during the overlanding, uh, cooking is not a very simple thing, so uh, I tend to make uh, the meals uh, simple. Uh, I usually experiment a lot with uh, cooking uh, in my uh, forest hideout, in my uh, little trailer where I spend the winters uh, in the forests of Serbia.
0: Uh so, uh, does that also count? Oh, no, that counts, just... yeah. Any kind of camping Ooh, yeah. camping food that you like.
1: Uh, well, uh, since I'm a vegetarian, uh, I like uh, all kinds of uh, green stuff uh, combined with uh, exotic kinds of cheese and uh, then baked in the oven. Uh, I'm not sure what would be the... Meal names in English, I mean, I would uh, have to, uh, but uh, for example,
0: some kinds of things from, made from uh, broccoli. Okay. And.
1: Uh, uh, cauliflower, yeah, maybe? For
0: some... Sorry? Do you guys have cauliflower there?
1: Yeah, yeah, we also have cauliflower. Yeah. It's also a very nice thing to use. Uh, Uh, Making things of beans is also uh, a good thing. You can prepare
0: beans in uh, many different ways, uh, mixed
1: with all kinds of other ingredients. So that's also something that I very much like playing with. And uh, salads, uh, well, my favorite salad is the the green salad. I don't know if that's the name in uh, English. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So mixed with a little bit of uh, olive oil and uh, and uh, the uh, uh, lemon lemon juice. Well, that's a very healthy
0: salad to eat. Yeah. Now, when you guys when you take people out on the on the trips on the guides, do you guys provide food or does each Um, vehicle or each individual responsible for their meals for the day? Well, uh, only in cases when we organize uh, some hotel accommodation tours uh, there is uh, food included. Okay. Uh, But in the uh, wild
1: camping tours, we just uh, make a big uh, campfire in places where we uh, uh, spend the nights and uh, then uh, we get out the... uh, the grilling plates and people just grill whatever they want on the fire and uh, that
0: preparing the food together is also a way how people bond. Yes, I agree. Know, having some kind of dinner around the campfire. I agree. I think that some of your best conversations come around cooking and, and I enjoy eating other people's food <laughs> so I always like yeah. To everybody to cook what they like, and then, you know, if something looks interesting, um, you know, and they're willing to share, I'd, I always like to try someone else's food, and just like I'm willing to share the food that I'm making with, with anybody that would like to try it as well, because um, everybody's different. Everybody wants to cook a little different. There might be one guy that, you know, wants a simple meal, and that's what he wants, and then somebody pulls out everything they've got and makes like a gourmet style you know, meal out there, um, which is, it's just fun to see what, what people like to do. And some people get a lot more enjoyment from cooking, um, the meal and, you know, let's face it. Sometimes you get around the campfire or the campsite and you're like, I don't know what to do. And, um, cooking the meal is a way to give you something to do and, uh, and kind of just fill that time of being out on the camp. Site, so yeah,
1: yeah I totally agree I mean sharing the food is a lot of fun and uh, uh, not only sharing the food but also sharing the small talk around the fire yeah uh, all, all of those interesting stories usually happen by the campfire during the long evenings and sometimes we stay by the campfire up to midnight uh, and you never have enough
0: oh are you there? Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm there. Uh, I, I thought it bl- no, I thought it blanked out for a second. So um, you said sitting around the campfire is a great way to, to talk. And uh, and I don't know that we heard the rest of that.
1: Oh, well, uh, yeah. I, I just said uh, sometimes we get carried away, like uh, sitting by the fire, until midnight. And uh, that's really a magical think to be uh, completely free in the wilderness with all those people i mean that's a feeling you just don't get somewhere
0: in towns no yeah that i totally agree so well um now i've seen a couple videos now do you have a youtube channel as well or is that just something we access from the uh the website itself
1: yeah well uh, all those videos are also available from the website Uh, It's a YouTube channel,
0: uh, which is called Serbian Outdoor 4x4. Okay. But uh, all the videos that are available in Serbian Outdoor 4x4 uh,
1: are also uh, accessed from the video page uh, on the uh, Rustica
0: Travel Site. Okay. So uh,
1: there are three places that you can actually access it. Uh, So everything is interconnected, the Rustica Travel Site is uh, also connected uh, with uh, the, uh, with my Serbian outdoor four four by four blog. So uh, just uh, examine the links in in the menus, and uh, you will
0: easily uh, go around uh, all of the resources. Okay, well, hey, I appreciate your time, and uh, and and. Alexander, I, I, really, I really do think this guy, I'm blown away. I've seen some of the videos, and I'm going to have to try and make it a point to, uh, to get over there and see you and, and do one of these. Maybe I'll be able to do that in the next few years. Um, I had a buddy of mine that's really interested in it, and, uh, and so I'll definitely pass information on to him. And again, the name of that website, one more time. It's uh, Rustika
1: Travel, uh, so I'll spell it once again: R U S T I K
0: A T R A V E L. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. Well, um, Alexander, again, thank you so much for your time, and I hope that you have a wonderful day and everybody listening, go all over. Thank you for inviting. Me
1: welcome more than welcome to come here anytime you like and of course all your uh, uh, all the watchers of your uh, podcast uh, i wish you also a very nice uh, day and uh, see you some other time
0: okay hey i appreciate you you have a wonderful day okay thank you all right thank you sir goodbye